Hello, hola, and konnichiwa. I am your host, Daniel Gumby Vreeland, and this is the Prelim Primer, the one and only podcast fully dedicated to the curtain jerkers. I, of course, am talking about those fighting on the prelims of upcoming UFC fight cards. This weekend is UFC in Tampa, Michelle Watterson versus Joanna Jan Jacek, a strawweight main event that has got clear title implications. There's all kinds of other fun fights going on in the main card, including Cron Gracie versus Cub Swanson. We get the return of Mackenzie Dern, which has got a fun fight written all over it. But as you guys who have listened to the show in the past know, we are not going to be breaking down any of those fights. Instead, we are completely focused on the prelims. And for those of you new to the show, you're probably asking yourself, why is that? Why not talk about those absolutely banging main card fights? The reason is quite simple, is that we know that you guys probably already have some information on those fighters. You might even have a podcast you go to for even more information about those fighters. But what you don't have is a place to go for prelim information. And that's what we're here to do. We're here to bring you the information about the prelims. Because really, that's where there's a lot of money to be won on when you're gambling or in daily fantasy sports. And speaking of daily fantasy sports, I would be remiss if I did not mention that this podcast is brought to you exclusively by bsmma.com bsmma.com is changing the way you play daily fantasy sports for mma because they are completely focused on mma you don't have you know baseball guys talking about mma you don't have football guys talking about mma instead you just got mma people focused on giving you the most authentic most real mma fantasy game because they've gotten rid of salary caps you don't have to worry about those anymore they've gotten rid of arbitrary scoring systems where you get half points for strikes and things like that instead they're just interested in you proving that you know the most about mma so you just pick five winners you pick five methods and you pick the rounds in which they win and that's it you can watch your points total up from there and if you're not quite sold on the idea yet they do have a free game in their lobby right now you can go sign up at bsmma.com play for free and win some bsmma swag plus if you are feeling a little risky they've got a one dollar entry fee game that's right just one dollar entry fee contest right now at bsmma.com with a chance to win a hundred dollars in the prize pool that's right the prize pool is a hundred dollars it's guaranteed so even if a hundred players aren't playing they're still going to give away a hundred dollars i highly suggest you check it out at bsmma.com and to help you out with those picks over on bsmma.com i have enlisted the help of another savvy co-host joining me today from the Body Lock MMA, the Scrap News, Fan Sided MMA, and RT Sports News. You can find him pretty much wherever you find MMA news. Drake Rake joins me. Drake, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, man. Great to be on. Always good to talk fights. All right. And as you guys know, we break this down into three five-minute rounds. So we're going to start by putting five minutes up on the clock. And to start this round, we're going to start by talking about James Vick versus Nico Price. So, James Vick is on a three-fight losing streak. All those fights at lightweight, he lost to Justin Gaethje, Paul Felder, and Dan Hooker. No shame in any of those losses. Nico Price is 1-2 in the last year. He beat Tim Means, but he's got losses to Jeff Neal and Razak Halasan. So, my question for you, Drake, is how do you expect the move up in weight class to help James Vick? Well, I think that there's no doubt that it'll be beneficial just, you know, overall for his health because, man, you know, 6'3", I believe, uh, fighting the lightweight, kind of crazy thing, crazy concept that he was going with there for a while. Was able to find success, but, uh, yeah, I don't think that this will be a bad thing for him. And maybe it'll help improve his chin uh, just because, you know, he's been having some issues getting knocked out lately. Of course, as you said, uh, his three opponents, absolutely no shame at all losing to those guys, some of the best lightweights on the planet. Uh, but going up here against uh, Nico Price is another hard hitter. So, um, 
Yeah, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see how he can deal with uh, Price's power with uh, some extra weight on him. Yeah, and I'm curious to see what you think, too, on this one. Is is James Vick has actually been a guy we've been known to have some knockout power. You know, he knocked out yeah. Ramsey Nijim from guard. Nico Price, you know, maybe not the greatest chain on earth either. Do you think, you know, Vick has got the power to take out Price? Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. I think that James Vick doesn't, doesn't get enough credit for how good he is. And uh, I think that we can definitely see that on display in this case, uh, in this fight. And for Nico's chin, I think that, yeah, you make a good point. It's not, he doesn't have the best chin either, but the difference with him is when he gets hit and like he's still dazed and, you know, kind of he's lo- starting to lose his wits a bit, he's still able to throw. He's kind of like just goes into a zombie mode where he's still z- dangerous. Uh, and with Vic, that's not the case. He's kind of, you know, autopilot trying to survive, at least from what we've seen. Uh, so, yeah, I think that. Vic will have to be careful with his shots if he hurts if he hurts Nico don't get too carried away because we can we've seen that Nico can still uh put you away when he's in that daze uh that's pretty much exactly what happened in the Tim Means fight and you know it was looking like similar in the Neil fight I mean we see it all the time from him so uh yeah it's gonna be very interesting yeah, I'll be interested to see, too, if Vic seems more confident on his feet, because the last couple of fights, too, he seemed to be backing straight up. And, mm-hmm. and back against the fence here against Nico Price is certainly no place he'd like to be. So th- I, this comes to the, the part of the analysis where uh, some of my guests hate. Uh, i got to ask you, who are you going to pick here on this one, James Vic or Nico Price? Man, I feel like this is definitely a fight that James Vic should win. Let's put it that way. Um, but I mean, there's still the unknowns of how he will do it welterweight. I mean, obviously, you know, great frame for the division should have, should maybe even could be a middleweight, you know, if he was going to get real serious and back on some extra weight. But, uh, I, yeah, it's, it's hard for me not to go against Nico here just because of how, um, how dangerous he's proven to be from really every area. You know, we've seen him off his back, laying a hammer fist, getting knockouts. <laughs> who, who does that? Who does that? Um, so I just think that he's gonna, he's gonna be able to survive most enough of Vic's shots that he'll put on him uh I, I think that Vic probably is the better fighter though I just think that he's gonna get caught here by Nico because he's just he's always in it he's always looking for the kill he's just one of those guys who's uh you know he's, he can finish you from wherever yeah and I'm gonna agree with you on this one too I'm gonna take Nico Price by knockout I just think too the the accumulation of blows to uh to James Vic is just gonna be too much to you know we, we've seen people who've been knocked out continue to to get banged up so that's mm-hmm. gonna bring us to our second fight that's gonna go with Ryan Span versus Devin Clark Span two and zero in the UFC he beat Luis Enrique in his debut and then he KO'd Little Nog in his sophomore effort then we got Devin Clark who's coming off a win over Darko Stoizic he lost to Alexander Rachich before that by spinning back fist so kind of a mixed bag of results there he's got a loss to Jan Blankovic on his record he seems to be the kind of guy who's technically given enough to beat those guys who are just like physical specimens but has a difficulty with guys who are overly talented that that's kind of Devin Clark's MO which one do you think Ryan Spann falls into here mm, probably the the physically talented is, is that what that was the yeah, ladder, physi- right? yeah. yeah physically talented and, and, and like maybe not so technically gifted yeah yeah I think that that's Probably I would lean towards that side. I think that Ryan Spann, he's definitely uh, really turned things around. I mean, he was never really on a on a bad spot in his career, you know, still kind of coming up. But yeah, you know, five fights in a row, five win, five fight winning streak, I believe. Um, you know, yeah, just put put little nog into the into the ground. Yeah. <laughs> that was a devastating knockout. Um, but yeah, I think that 
this is kind of a striker versus grappler matchup just because uh, Span, he's very good on the feet compared to Clark, I would say. But, uh, yeah, when it comes to technique, maybe not there. But the power, I think, is absolutely on his side. Um, and then Clark, I think that he can out-wrestle him, and that's going to be what he needs to do to get the win here. Uh, as for Span, yeah, kind of in terms of how each can win, I think it is a stri- striker grappler kind of style here i agree with you entirely too the the interesting thing it's going to come down to for me is whether or not span can get him out of there and span can get him out of there early Mm -hmm. i'm tending to lean here on on no i'm leaning with devin clark here probably by like a decision how about you yeah i mean initially i was i was gonna go with uh span for for the knockout um but yeah i as of today, I was like, I decided, okay, you know what? I think Clark will actually end up getting him down. You know, I think that Span will have his success and maybe hurt Clark at some points, but then, you know, Clark will rally and uh, I think second round submission. All right. Well, you heard it here first, guys, and that's going to do it for the first round. We're going to take a quick break and talk to our sponsors, and we'll be right back with round number two. Undoubtedly, the best part about BSMMA.com is their create a contest option. You get a whole bunch of friends that you think that you know more than, why not take advantage of them using this option? You can create whatever size game you want, whatever payout structure you want, whatever entry fee you want. This create a contest option is completely customizable. So whether you're halfway across the globe from your friends or you're sitting in the same living room watching the fights, get them all in on your contest at BSMMA.com. Now, Back for round number two. And we are back with round number two. I'm going to put another five minutes on the clock. And in this round, we're going to start by talking about Davison Figueredo versus Tim Elliott. Figueredo lost to Juicy A Formiga back in March, but then came back to beat Alexandre Pantoja. Tim Elliott hasn't fought since December of 2017, which was at Bantamweight against Mark De La Rosa, a fight he won by Anaconda Choke. Are you worried about the amount of time Tim Elliott has taken off? Uh, I am for this matchup specifically. I mean, if it was somebody else, maybe not. But they're throwing Tim right, right to the wolves here, which, I mean, is fair. I think that I don't expect him to be rusty necessarily. But, yeah, if you're coming back, this is a very tough, tough opponent to get. Yeah, and especially a guy who hits as hard as he does and is physically strong. Yes. Because, like, what Tim Elliott does so well is Tim Elliott scrambles. But do you see him ever mm-hmm. getting to a scramble, even, with Figueredo? I think that he could. Yeah, I think it's possible. But, um, uh, I don't know. I, it's really – I love this matchup so much, though. I love I love this fight. It's it's, it's one of my uh, ones I'm most in, anticipating here on the card. Um. Yeah, I think it's possible I wouldn't bet on it, maybe, but, uh, you know, um, if anyone's going to do it, it's definitely Tim Elliott. Yeah, that's true. If anybody's going to scramble anybody, it's Tim Elliott. <laughs> um, but with that being said, obviously, we got to take a pick on this one. I'm taking Figueredo by knockout here. I think Elliott mm. is able to create some of those scrambles early on, but ultimately, I think he's going to get hit with that big punch. How about you? Yeah, I uh, it's hard for me not to go against Figueredo because of the layoff and uh you know, he's trying to really prove himself again after taking the first and only loss of his career to Formiga, which no shame in that one either. But Elliot, man, he is just so tough, so wild, unorthodox, one of the most unique fighters in the lower the lower weight classes, just how he moves and all that. Um but he's switched training camps since his last fight, I believe, so maybe he'll come in with a little different approach, maybe more technical technical, kinda like Clay Guida did after moving to um, uh, Team Alpha Male. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. Uh, maybe beneficial, maybe not. You know, And then he's going back to flyweight. Uh, always been a hard cut for him. So a lot of factors here against Tim Elliott, I think. 
and as much as I would love to see him get the win, that'd be huge for him. Yeah, it's it's I got to go with Figueredo. Um, I don't know about knockout necessarily, just because Elliot's so tough. But I wouldn't be surprised by that. I'll take Figueredo by decision though. All right, and the next one's Max Griffin versus Alex Morano. So Griffin one and one in his last two. He lost to Tiago Alves by split decision, if you can call that a loss, and then he beat Zalim Izadov. And Alex Morano's on a two-fight win streak. He beat Kinnan Song, and then he knocked out Zach Otto in his second fight. Uh, Max seems to be interested in using his wrestling more than ever. He got six takedowns last time out. Morano's takedown defense, not great, but do you think it's mm. good enough to keep Griffin away? Mm, no, just going to – yeah, no, <laughs> probably not. Probably not. Let's, let's lay it all out there. Yeah, no, it's not good mm. enough. It, but, okay, so here's the other thing. He scrambles and sweeps sort of well. Does he scramble or sweep Max Griffin? I don't. I don't think so. Honestly, I think that Griffin has really. Uh, yeah, he's looked very good in that department in his last couple of fights. Uh, you know, whether the losses or not. So I think that he should be able to handle Morono. Maybe he doesn't like dominate him, but he should be able to. I think get uh, the better of most grappling positions. Uh, the, the intrigue for me in this fight is on the feet. I think that's obvious. Morono has looked very good. I think I've been very impressed with him, anyways, in his his current win streak. Uh, even though it's not too long, I've liked what I've seen from him because you know he was kind of uh, just kind of middle of the pack guy, but he's really showing some good improvements lately. Yeah, and that's another save solid project, I believe too. Everybody mm-hmm. coming out of Fortis MMA or switching to Fortis MMA right now. Yeah. You know, with Uriah Hall, Eric Anders is going to be fighting this weekend, uh, and that's an exciting guy coming to Fortis and seeing how he does there. So yeah, I'm interested to see how it works on the feet there. I just unfortunately don't think it lasts there very long, and I think as a result we get a Max Griffin unanimous decision here. How about you? Yeah, I think that's that is safe to say just because yeah, yeah, Max Max really wants to get the wins now after you know, arguably being screwed over and all that. Um mm, yeah, yeah, I think that's a safe, but I will take Griffin and by decision as well, but uh I wouldn't be surprised Morono touches him up, tags and maybe steals some rounds. I don't know about knockout, but uh I'm looking forward to this one too. All right, now we got time for one more that we're going to sneak in here in kind of an accelerated way, and that's Miguel Baeza versus Hector Aldana. Baeza beat Victor Reyna on the Contender Series by decision. Aldana 0-2 in the UFC with losses to Loreno Staropoli by decision and Kanan Song by TKO. Aldana seems like if he doesn't land the big KO blow, he's pretty unlikely to win. How mm-hmm. comfortable are you that Baeza can stay away from it? Uh, I'm pretty comfortable here. I think that this is kind of a somewhat of a setup fight for Beza. I think from just from what I've seen of him, he looks like a very uh, technical guy on the feet, but he packs a good amount of power for welterweight. Uh, and then Aldana, just just uh, nothing too special with him. No offense to him, you know. I really enjoy watching him fight, but uh, yeah, just not one of those guys who seems able to get the job done, especially against uh, the opponents we've seen so far with Kenan Song and Lariano Starpoli, who are. You know, both solid fighters in their own right. Um, so, yeah, I think that uh, Beza should should be get a pretty comfortable win here. Yeah, I think so, too. I'm going with him by decision. I think you're 100% right. It almost seems like a setup fight for him because Dana White loved him on the contender series. <laughs> I didn't think he was going to get a contract, but then Dana White was all about it. So, yeah, I, I think he set him up here for one, too. Um, and unfortunately, that's going to do it for the end of the second round. we got to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back with the last three fights in round number three. BSMMA.com, as I said before, is changing the way that we play daily fantasy for MMA because they're rewarding the people who actually know things about MMA. You don't have to worry about your guy, you know, hitting a knockout at a time where he hasn't landed enough strikes to beat the other guy. No, 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 no. 
Instead, you're just looking to predict the way you think the fight is going to go and what better way to do that by adding your bonuses. That's right. They've got bonuses. If you really feel like you know the way the fight's going to go, maybe you think it's going to end early, you add the Cinderella bonus. If your fighter gets it done in two minutes or less, you're going to pick up a big fat chunk of extra points. And they've got all kinds of bonuses ranging from ones from instant knockouts to extra takedowns. So check them all out at BSMMA.com. Now, back to round number three. And we are back with round number three. I'm going to put another five minutes up on the clock. And we're going to start this round by talking about Marvin Vittori versus Andrew Sanchez. Vittori won one and one in his last three, but that's over a really long period of time. He drew with Omari Akhmedov, lost to Israel Adesanya, and beat Cesar Fajeda. Sanchez is on a two-fight win streak after losing to Ryan James in a fight where he badly gassed out. And you know what? It seems like since then, his gas tank definitely looks better. He's fighting a little bit more composed. But the question is, how comfortable are you that when he fights somebody as big and strong as Marvin Vittori? Yeah, that is exactly the thing. Um, uh, You know, I've been, I was really looking forward to Sanchez's UFC run, you know, after the ultimate fighter. You know, things have, I mean, he's looked good. He was winning the Anthony Smith fight and the uh, Ryan James fight, as you mentioned. And then, you know, really just, just, went on E in the third rounds in both of those fights and got taken out, which is a bummer to see. Um, and yeah, now he's went to TriStar after uh, being with Syndicate and, you know, looks a lot more better conditioned, which is uh, very beneficial to his style. He's a very well-rounded guy and he moves well, attacks kind of, strikes off the back foot and moving backwards. Uh, but can also grapple. But yeah, like you said, Vittori, very big, a very big guy uh, for middleweight and very strong, powerful. I think that it should hold up here. But uh, it'll just be whether or not Sanchez can avoid getting hit hard and hard late. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and here's the thing, too, is that Marvin Vittori, I think people forget, is a guy who landed strikes on Israel Adesanya. Yeah. Which, it, you know, like, you know, people land shots on Israel Adesanya, but, like, still, that's a huge feather in his cap the way that it is. I'm tending to lean here on Vittori, thinking that he's just going to tag him, especially late when he gets worn out. I- I'm going to say he gets a late finish. How about you? Yeah, yeah, and just about that Israel fight. Some people even think that he won that fight, yeah. uh, which is, you know, interesting. I don't think I did from what I remember, but, you know, hey, if it was close enough for that argument, then that's good. That's a pretty yeah. good feather in your cap there. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm kind of leaning with you also on this one. I think that Sanchez can absolutely win this one. He has uh, all the tools to do so. It just he's, – he's hittable um, regardless of his style. And I think that Vittori, he's a little pissed off after, you know, the first <laughs> time this was uh, set up to happen, falling through uh, a couple of weeks ago. I don't remember which event that was for, Vancouver, the Vancouver card, I yep. think. Um, so, yeah, I think that he's kind of going to be a little aggressive here and he's going to end up catching in Sanchez uh, late second round uh, or the third round. All right, and the next one is the one I'm the most excited for on the prelims, and that's Marlon Vera versus Andre Ewell. So Vera is on a four-fight win streak, real quiet one. It's all finishes. Uh, Mm -hmm. Not a ton of names on there. Noel and Hernandez, Frankie Science, you know, some not-so-bad ones. Ewell is 2-1 and one in the UFC. He beat Henan Burrell, lost to Nathaniel Woods, and then beat Anderson Dos Santos. Now, th- there have been pretty much, like I said, no real problems for Vera in his last four fights. Ewell is definitely a step-up in competition, but is it a big enough one that we're really going to see Vera sweat it? No, no, no. I think that this is kind of uh, in- interesting matchmaking, to say the least. <laughs> I think I would have given Marlon somebody else, uh, maybe even you know someone at the back of the top 15, just because they've 
given him John Lineker before and, uh, you know, opponents like that, which at the time was a little interesting as well. But, uh, yeah, I do like Ewell too, but, um, man, no disrespect to him. But I just think that Vera with his current streak is like been very, very impressive, um, compared to especially his, when he got into the UFC, he's made some big time improvements, obviously. So, uh, yeah, not, not the fight. Not the matchmaking <laughs> I would have went with here. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think you're right about the improvements, too. The most impressive thing to me is that, like, on the regional scene, and, and even when he was, like, in his early years in the UFC, it, it was a lot of subs off his back. And mm-hmm. now it's, like, his wrestling game has evolved, and it's TKOs from the top and subs from the top. And and with a skinny guy like Ewell, and who, who, you know, like, you know, got subbed by Nathaniel Wood, I, I think we're looking at some grounded pounders, some, some submissions, and I'm going to say late first, early second, uh, Vera finishes this one off. How about you? Yep, sounds about right to me. Uh, you know, whether it's submission or a TKO knockout, whatever, he's proven he can do all. <laughs> I'll do it all at this point. And he's also one of those guys who is never out of the fight. So even if Ewell is, you know, out, out striking him, out pointing him throughout the whole fight, because Ewell is very, you know, talented boxer in his own right, very fast, might have the speed advantage in this one, I would say. Uh but yeah, Vera's never out of the fight, as we saw against Brad Pickett as a prime example. Yeah, <laughs> um, so, absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to take Vera as well. All right, and that brings us to our last fight, which we have just a bit of time to talk about, and that's J.J. Aldrich versus Lauren Muller. So Aldrich has lost uh, her last fight after being on a three-fight win streak. That loss is to Macy Barber. Uh, she beat Pollyanna Viana before that. Lauren Muller, two-fight losing streak. She lost to Pollyanna Boatelio and Yanin Wu, uh, the latter by an armbar. Uh, this is a battle of two, you know, women's flyweights who have a pretty high output, which is usually a good sign, and you can usually win a lot of decisions that way. Which one is going to have a tougher time with the other one's output? Uh, I think Mueller's going to have the tougher time in that case. Uh, JJ, she really, really looked great, I think, in her last fight. Even though she lost, she was she beat Macy Barber in that first round, like, yeah. hands down. That, that was definitely her round. And then, you know, Macy just kind of turned things up and adjusted very well in the second round. Just shows how good Macy is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, before that, Aldridge played spoiler on Viana. They kind of, that was supposed to be, you know, another showcase fight for Viana. You know, kind of hype train a bit. Uh, but JJ spoiled that one. Uh, and then Mueller, you know, just a little bit of a cold streak here. I think that she's going to have a tough time. Uh, this is going to be one of those dirty, you know, gritty kind of fights, I think. Uh, some clinch battles up against the cage, a lot of dirty boxing and knees and all that good stuff. Um, and I think that we're going to see Mueller on the receiving end of most of that. Yeah, and I think you hit the nail on the head there. I think Mueller was somebody who in the early days, especially before she got to the UFC, you saw her in the Contender Series, she was able to force that kind of fight. Mm-hmm. But I don't think while she's in the UFC, she's going to be able to force it. And I think she's going to be on the receiving end of it. And she doesn't necessarily know all that well how to respond to it. So for that reason, I've got JJ Aldrich. I think she probably doesn't finish it because, you know, you see very few finishes in the, the light mm-hmm. women's weights. But I think she definitely picks up a comfortable decision here. How about you? Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, and that's going to do it for the end of the third round. We broke down eight fights in just 15 minutes. We hope you guys learned a little something, and it helps you open on your gambling or your daily fantasy sports. I want to thank Drake so much for being on. Drake, couldn't have done it without you. Thanks so much for stopping by. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, man. Real fun. Uh, Great host. (laughs) 